Now imagine what you could do with six hours. You could have you could you could have two if you you could have a live sort of four or five tracks. I'd have a, I'd have a sleep the moment <laughs> <laughs> I'd, pay, I'd pay a ton for a six hour sleep. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of The Conversation. My name is Alan Porter. My name is Tom Hutchison. How are you today, sir? Wunderbar. Wunderbar? Yeah, are feeling you, good. Are you German? I think we should start by talking music today. You want should to we talk, do the music first? Let's, let's talk the music. Okay, so um, this is, uh, by the time this comes out, I would have played a, a gig. We've kind of uh, bigged up this gig recently on the podcast. Yes, we have. Uh, it's, I think, my first of the year. I can't remember now. I think the last one I played. I played we, 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 in no, our, it's, it's not the first of the year because I saw you at um, January. Oh yeah, we played the comedy, which yeah. is uh, currently now on, on iTunes as a download. Uh, seven tracks plus four bonus tracks. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was January, wasn't it? Yeah. So this is my second gig of the year, um, cool. and it obviously went brilliantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is being recorded before the gig. So, so uh, what I realise is like uh, a lot of people. When you play gigs, they turn up and they watch you play for however long. We're playing quite a long gig this this time, but usually yeah. it's about half an hour. Uh, we, oh, we should be playing more than that this one. Um, but and people go away and they have a beer and whatever, and that's it. They think, oh, you know, half an hour. But actually, there's I'm, a. I'm gonna have a beer. Oh, oh yeah. Is this your first beer in yeah. three months? Oh my god! One beer, you'll be on the floor going crazy. I'll be at the front taking my clothes off. Going, oh yeah, I love rock and roll. You're yeah. like, hey, we haven't started yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. seven thirty. <laughs> this is a kebab shop. Get out. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Why are you one sixty nine? Exactly. Um, so yeah, we got the gig coming up, and, and I, I, if I didn't know much about bands and and, and music, I, I think most people assume that you, you just turn up and play. But actually, there's a whole process, and I thought it'd be quite interesting to talk about the process. You, you as well, having been in the band for so long yep. in the past, uh, of uh, we'll start by talking about through this process and maybe open up about the band uh, being in, in a band itself and what it means. And Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, should we start the night of the gig and work backwards, or do you want to start? Where, oh, do, you, where do you want to start? Shall we be linear? I'm thinking we'd be linear. So, so say you want to organise a gig, right? You're you're in a band and you're yes. at square one. Okay. Um, yes. Now, back in the old days. Uh, when we organised gigs, when we started out at seventeen years old, sixteen years old, whatever it was, um, what you would the process would be like this: you would phone up a venue that you wanted to play, um, find out who the promoter for the venue is, which is often someone different. So then you then have to speak to the promoter, and yep. they go, "Can you send us a tape in, please?" Right? Mm. This was going back a what fifteen plus six, oh, more than that, eighteen years maybe. Yep. So it's um, you no MP3s or anything like that at the time. It, the internet was quite rudimentary for, for this sort of thing, and mm. uh, you know, on a general basis. So you'd send an audio tape of something you would have recorded, probably on audio tape, maybe a rehearsal, even if you're starting out quite fresh. Yeah. Um, which would have been too much. I think we once did this: two microphones up in a rehearsal room. Yep. Um, and yeah, that was it. We did that, and we sent that into XFM and did a live performance on XFM. We got we? a live gig yeah. on XFM. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but by sticking two microphones. In the air in a in a room filled with a drum kit and a few amps and that it was it. Sounded shocking. Oh, I'd hate to listen to it now. I th- I think I have a digital copy of it somewhere. Oh, can you send me? Can you 
Can you get get that to me in some form? I will put it on the um, the conversation website. Oh, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so um, you do a rudimental... uh, Rudimental? uh, Rudimentary. My favourite rapper of the 80s. (laughs) You do a rudimentary um, recording, which would be awful by today's standards. Even even for the most plebeist of eight-year-olds could probably record something better. You would then send it on a tape um, uh, to a... The promoter, and then uh, you'd that phone would, them up. That would take about two weeks. Well, to, to, that, they get, get so many tapes from so many bands, yeah. or they did that um, they'd have a stack. You know, they'd get yeah. twenty a day from bands all over the country, and maybe one specifically in London where we are based. Mm. I mean, that, it's the place to play, is what the general yes. rule of thumb is. So, you they'd say, okay, well, give us give us a week to receive it, and maybe give us another three weeks to listen to it. And you, all you want to do is book the gig. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you'd be calling up. Have you listened to this yet? No, no, not yet. You call us back in a week. And it would take a month. Right? And you'd finally get to them. They'd go, oh, yeah, we heard your tape. Um, yeah, it sounds fine or whatever. Uh, can, can you do this date? And it would be two months in advance yeah. or something. Uh, and So you were already three months away from the idea of, I'd like to play a gig at that place. I always found, though, that um, if there was a particular venue that I wanted to play at and I sent a tape out... I'd always get a gig, but I'd always get a gig at a lesser venue, and you'd have to work your way up to... That's right, yes, yes. Um, and they still do that now, because um, um, what happens now in this situation is that they, it's almost instant. You know, you phone up a, a promoter. Mm. They're, they're a lot more organised now, I would say. Um, there's less promoters, there seems, but the yeah. people who have been in, it, in the game longer, they've survived, and they've, you know, they're all online, they're pretty savvy. So you phone them up, oh, I want a gig. Oh, yeah, we do seven venues. It used to be just one or two. Yeah, yeah we do seven venues, Camden... And and, uh, you know, um, I don't know, in Soho and, and right in the West End and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Um, uh, we have a website. Look at the website. and uh, you, you know, it's all snazzy. But they'll still do the same thing. They'll go, well, the big venue, like the garage, which can hold... I think it's probably 1,000. Okay. Um, uh, but you can't play there because we don't know you. So you've got to play with one of our um, smaller venues on a Tuesday night yeah. or on a Monday night. And, and you know, that's the, way, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You've got to prove yourself to them. You've got to prove you've got a following if you do have a following. And then you play, right? I remember we when we played at the... I think it was the first time we played at the garage. We played there a few times. We went from... There was a, a place at the top of Upper Street just past Angel Station... Yep. that we played and then like two weeks later we played the Hope and Anchor which is halfway down Upper Street and then we yep. played the garage so we, we literally the Buffalo Bar the first one or something like that? No the Buffalo Bar's the one next to the station but I'm talking about Angel Station the, the one at the far oh. end the little one on the on the corner um, I want to say the Marquee or what it was the Marquee back then no 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 no. it's not the Marquee no, right. um, it was it's a, it, we've played there loads of times it's actually a pretty nice little venue um, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it was if you you it was it, all in a line. So you, yeah, you, you know that was the worst. Five minutes and, from each other. Hope and Anchor, which was really good, and then the garage was just wicked. It was so. the pinnacle, wasn't it? Yeah. A big old place to fill. But um, yeah, so now uh, you phone them up. Yeah, they'll say, all right, we'll offer you a, a crappy night on our worst venue to see what you like. Yeah. And, and you know, as you would, you know, in a business, you'd want to see whether the band's any good, whether they're going to turn up and they're reliable, whether they bring anyone with them. I think that's the key. Whether, anyone, whether, whether yeah. they're any good, no one gives a shit. Yeah. Whether they turn up, well, yeah, that's that's fairly fundamental. Yeah. And but the most the most obvious point is 
for a promoter's gonna, perspective are they going to bring any warm bodies in yeah because i want to get five pound or six pound off yeah. them on the, each person on the door who comes in and make my money for the night yeah so that's all they're really looking at but um now you send them you say oh yeah i want to play oh yeah we can offer you a gig here at this x venue a tiny venue on a monday yeah that sounds good okay well ping us an mp3 mm. on an email tonight and then you can ping it and within the by the morning you know you've got the gig booked yeah um and that's the difference now um so that's how you just get the gig uh, in the past and now in the present. So it's a lot easier now. But, I mean, going back, you would have been four weeks plus just to book a gig. Yeah. You've not even thought about rehearsals or anything like that. Yeah, we had to be a hell of a lot more organised. And I say we in the loosest term, because I did a lot of gig booking for the band before we were in a band. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. I hated every single second of it. Oh, and yeah. I, um, and that's why when you came on and you were a lot better on the phone than I was, I kind of let you take that. Oh, I, I wouldn't by let wa- you, I mean, I just didn't do it. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, no. my worst enemy, because it's such a schmooze fest and uh, you've got to convince people and you've got to play the game with them. Oh, okay, how many people can you bring? Oh, yeah, we can bring 30 down on a Monday night. No chance. Yeah, yeah. Who's going to come out on a cold winter's Monday night um, to, to a crappy little venue in the other side of town? You know, it's yeah. hard. Um, you can get, you can do it. And if you don't, but we, at that time, when you, we were playing quite a lot of gigs, I think, you know, yeah. sort of two, three, four a month, it's when, hard. When you start, you burn a lot of bridges with promoters. Yeah. And it's only like after a little while when you're a bit more established and you go, okay, sorry about that, mate. Can I have a, like, can I just put me on first? Put me on first at, you know. Yeah. We'll be um, the crappy band that starts at eight o'clock, sets it all off, and then, yeah. you know. At the K bar in Kilburn. And yeah. you, you know, you bring God. 15 people down and you have a fist fight with someone. We've and, done that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, it's just like, oh, well, you know, it was a good night sort of thing. And, you know, I'll put you on it. But what we've, we never struggled, when we were in the band together, we never struggled for gigs, did we? Mm. We, we? In fact, we had an no. abundance of offers. And to this day, I still do. I've been offered gigs and we're currently um, about to have a little break because the babies are coming. Uh, yeah. Um, not mine, not just mine, but one of the other guys in the band's having a kid. So, um, and I'm getting, I'm still getting gig offers. Oh, can you play in April? Can you play in May? Mm. I'm like, oh, Sorry, but I'm always. I put it down to always being honest with people. Yeah, and you do bullshit to an extent. So you are never going to say no. I can't bring twenty people because they'll go. Well, no, you can't have the gig then. Mm. But they know you play the game as much as they play the game with you. Yeah, so they, they really they highball their figure. And you got you got to consider these promoters typically do it just because they want a night out. Yeah, and, and if, they love the scene. Yeah, if if we cover their beers. That's fine. Exactly. Um, they can probably get away with five to ten people from each band and they've still got money yeah. in their pocket. You know, they yeah. might walk away with, I don't know, 60, 70, 80 quid and they're happy with that, you know. Really. They'll, they'll say 20 to, for, you know, for young upstart, upstart bands. They'll say 20 because it's an achievable figure. If you've got four people in a band, that's five people each. Yeah. Um, and if mums and dads come when you're fucking 16, 17 years old, yeah. then you're halfway there already, aren't you? Exactly. And now... If you bring nineteen people in, they won't they give you nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the nature of the beast. Another step in the dance. Yeah. Um, you nice. know, the, you you take that as oh, I had a gig. We all had a laugh, sort of thing. Next time, I'll bring an extra person, and I'll get you know, um, yeah, you know, I'll get twenty p off the pound, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, they but, do have very strict contracts as well. We should mention uh, yeah. that you have to sign and send back now nowadays via email. Never used to be like that. Well, it did, but it was all post and it was nonsense. I, I never signed a contract when I did. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. I, that's, I've probably, that's probably because I just refused to. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, they, they, they do it as a way of trying to enforce on you that you can't just cancel. Because yeah. there are a lot of flaky people out there. And flaky. Oh, yeah, I want a gig and then they go, oh, I can't be play, bothered to play tomorrow night. I fuck the promoter sort of thing. And it's just never the way. Never understood that. Never understood no. that. Like you say, burning your bridges, right? But it's just the way I think that they use psychologically to try and say, look, this is a serious thing. You've signed a contract. They're yeah. not, how are they going to enforce? that you 
shell out. No, yeah, do you no, know what I mean? Yeah. I've never had someone going, you sign a contract. Not that we've rarely uh, stopped a gig. We walked out on one gig. In hundreds. H- yeah, hundreds and hundreds. of gigs. Um, and that was because of the poor quality of the venue. Yeah. We look, went in, looked at it and went, this is not a real bar. Yeah, no, it was just wasn't a place. It was I don't just, think even had a toilet. No, it was a, it was a basement. It was in the West End, wasn't it? It was in the West End. It was like um, a hole in the wall. Yeah. And, and um, they expected three bands to play on what wasn't a stage and was literally a, like a cupboard corner. Yeah, and they said they'd supply, um, supply equipment, which they didn't. And at the time, we were a five-piece and they just they, they, yeah. there wasn't enough room for five of us in there in in the whole building in the whole building so, like, <laughs> yeah. we, we just went, went, sorry like, thanks for the offer guys but uh, you know you've clearly lied to us here we're just going to turn around yeah and we go. were adult about it weren't we we said exactly we, we weren't nasty instead of yeah. effing and blinding it was just kind of and I'm proud of the fact that we certainly we never didn't we didn't up. take that decision lightly either we did no, really no. try to make it work but um, but generally I mean I say generally like, completely we never didn't turn up to a gig yeah, there was yeah. never not a single instance no. where it was just like, you know, we're not doing this. Is this. over what 10, 15, 20 years? Yeah, not 20, yeah, fifteen years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Give or take. Well, yeah, a bit more than that. I mean, I, I, played, I played a gig on the drums with a broken arm. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> which, that's another podcast. Yeah, which destroyed my arm entirely. Yeah. Um, and he played better. Uh, so, so the contracts now, certainly nowadays, but pretty much they're always been the same. Is um, you are expected, you know, we will provide the PA system and. Uh, we will provide. Uh, we will charge this on the door if you bring flyers. They don't do flyers so much now because no. who, who who wants a physical piece of paper flyer in their hand? I do. But we weird. do. I do e flyers now. Yeah. On, on the um, but we don't need them for say this gig that we we are currently about to play. But if you're listening to this podcast, we have played um, because it's a fixed price on the door. Yeah. Um, flyers usually have concessions on them and stuff. But uh, on these contracts, it'll also say things like you know you are expected to bring a minimum of twenty people. If you don't do that, you won't get paid. If you do do that, like you say. We'll give you twenty p for every pound that we uh, mm. we take on the door receipts, etc., or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just makes it easier on everyone. Um, if you're a bit more sensible and you treat it, you know, professional approach, professional results. Absolutely. Um, and if you if you if you treat it seriously, uh, while still having all of the fun, mm. um, then it, you know it we may- never didn't have fun, but we were oh, very God, serious no. about what we did. Yeah, which yeah, is- yeah, 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 yeah. So when you've got the gig booked finally, right? Whether it's past tense, you know, it took four weeks, or it's a more recent where you've organised something pretty much overnight. Yeah. If you've got a decent, I mean, we should we should mention that before you even book a gig, you you really have to have a recording of your band in action. Yeah. So whether that's a professional studio recording that you're shilling money out for, or whether you're doing it on your own on a computer, but do it rough, but it's audible. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to put all that effort in before you've even considered book playing a gig, right? Absolutely. There's no excuse not to now. Um, as you said earlier, like the recordings that we used to do, we, you know, two microphones in a in a room, mm. down to you know, mixed down to a four track tape, mm. um, were were abysmal. They're almost un unlistenable. But that was perfectly good quality at that time. There was no now, social network then. There was no YouTube's no. particularly running. There was no. But now you can put, just put your 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 iPhone in the middle of the room and yeah. put your, your dictaphone on. Oh that, yeah, and it's brilliant. It's the, qu- yeah. the quality's the, the, the quality's like ten times as good. Equally as good, if not better. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, it, the cost of recordings come down now, right? It put, for example, I found recently on Facebook for a friend. There's a recording studio in Loughton. I won't name the name of the studio because um, we're not advertising the thing. But they're doing an offer at the minute. Um, say you're a teenage band, you're at college, and you get a lot of time off. Right? They're offering six hours recording time for a hundred pounds in the daytime. 
right? It'll be a bit, you know, it won't be brilliant, but it would be enough to get your gigs. Maybe separated enough and to mix properly. It would have cost us a lot more than the £100 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, because there weren't these kind of, it wasn't this easy to and affordable to do. It no. Was, no, people weren't, didn't have the computers and the, the space, etc. I mean, it's, it's non-destructive now as well. I mean, I mean, where we record this podcast digitally, um, it's as simple as pie. I mean, there's three pieces. It's um, yeah. To be fair, we could just have two guitars and sing down these microphones and record something fairly half decent. That you could go. This is what the band sounds like. Yeah. You know? Well, the um, the the intro to this podcast and all of the the mid sort of bit stings the, the that, jingles, that I yeah. put in mm. uh, are all me just playing guitar into the microphone in the computer. I didn't even have a microphone at the time. Um, this so is you, just off you've the, plugged the guitar straight in the no, computer? No, 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 no. It's acoustically through the just the, the internal mic in my MacBook Pro. Wow. The computer's own mic. The computer's own mic. And that sounds, de- you know... It's all right. Sounds, yeah, it's it, fine. It, but I, it's enough am, to understand what you're trying to get I across. am going to redo them at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to have a new jingle. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you well, go. There's we, an exclusive. Maybe, maybe we could do one live. So where have we got to? Uh, we've we've spent a, a fortune uh, recording an half decent demo. We've then spent up to four weeks in the past, so to speak, uh, uh, getting a gig, just one gig, for uh, you know, in a crappy yeah. night and a, a crappy time. First band on eight o'clock at night on a Monday night in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. And that's all done before we've even thought about. Okay, now we've got to get the band together, right? So then, I mean, back in the day, you and our band were, we would have, we would rehearse heavily, wouldn't we? Because we wanted to sound good at gigs, yeah? What, what sort of, a, well, it depends what sort of, a, what band we're talking about here and what period. Uh, both. I mean, t- typically, yeah. Let's yeah. talk Longshot, which was our okay. band before the la- the current one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we rehearse quite a bit. So once or twice a week. We generally do once a week, wouldn't we? Yeah. Um, I mean, when... What what we should point out is that we that we was in that band for a very long time. Long time, yeah. Like yeah. seven, eight years. Yeah, easily. Easily. I mean, we started off as a three piece: you on guitar and vocals, me on drums and vocals, and uh, Matt, Matt doing the bass. Matt doing the bass. Yeah. Uh, then I broke my arm and played guitar, and we got another drummer. You didn't um, break your arm and then play guitar like uh, uh, all the same day. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that was, that you, you moved to guitar I after splashing yeah, your elbow. Up, I, yeah. I, I had an accident and I couldn't play drums anymore yeah. properly. Um, not like I played drums properly before. Yeah, so then we had a, a succession of drummers after that. Some good, some bad. Yeah, some great, some really some, bad. Yeah, really good drummers. Um, then we we found one who's just perfect, um, who we kept for a number of years, and he introduced us to um, his uh, best mate was keyboard player, wasn't yeah, he? Uh, just just uh, just a phenomenal musician. And we used to rehearse back in those days round his house. Yeah, in, in the back, back room. I've uh, imagined a downstairs uh, three bed typical te- terraced house or whatever it was, or semi detached. Can't remember now. Semi. We've all got semi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so we'd go in the back room. His, his yeah. parents were very forgiving and let us, you know, yeah. basically have a rehearsal. Make in there it have every a lot week. of noise. It was great, you know. Um, and, his, and his mate was the keyboard player. Um, uh, he was just sitting around. Oh, do you mind if my mate sits in and listens to us rehearse? Yeah. Yeah, you know, he could sit there. And it was like one day I remember just going, what, do, you, do you play music? And he's like, oh, yeah, play a bit of piano. Oh, go on in. There, there happened to be a piano, yeah, didn't there? Really poorly tuned. In the house. Piano. And he just busted out. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> no, it wasn't the, the EastEnders the, theme tune. The thing, the thing that uh, grabbed me when when Al sat at the piano, the first thing he played was the theme to the X Men. The little, the 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 little, the the little, the 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 little, and you know, 
it was, it was love at first sight. And didn't he start playing like the Mario Brothers song yes, and, and all of that? All the like, computer game tunes, which we, are really we, hard to play. We, we were just like, do you want to be in a Tetris? Band? I remember playing Tetris. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah all, so all we were time. like, we've got to get you in the band mm. in some form. We've never had a keyboard player. Adds, adds a whole other dimension. And one of the things that I noticed as well, skipping forward a little bit, is that we didn't see. I didn't. I saw hardly any bands that had a keyboard player. In our day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, from from the point of when Alex joined mm, and mm. Alan and Alex sort of period onwards, no, I didn't. We hardly gigged of any people who had a keyboard. No, they were it, the, the very popular thing was three pieces at the power time. trio. Yeah, now yeah. it's the opposite. You seem to have a lot of four pieces and mm. a lot of keyboards and things and, and yeah. people playing. I don't know oboes and shit. I remember. I remember we played at the. Um, where was it? It was somewhere in... It was that place we went to, that game event. The, the Sleeping Dogs one. Millennium Bar. The Millennium Bar. We played there. In, and, in Dean Street, Soho. Yeah, and we, we played there. And we were a five-piece. There was a seven-piece and another five-piece. <laughs> Three really? bands. <laughs> like Fucking hell. That amount of people. I remember more, a lot of equipment. Yeah, yeah. More people like more people in the bands than there was in the crowds. That's a, that was a cool venue. I mean, it's not there as in is the Millennium Bar anymore. Chinese it's now, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, Chinese or Thai restaurant or something. Um... Uh, so anyway, um, so now you've got your band, you're getting your band together for the gig, right? Your gig, say for example, four weeks away. Yep. Um, bringing it slightly more up to date with the current band, as well, including when you were in it. Um, mm. We'd we'd probably have maybe three or four rehearsals max before playing yeah. the gig because yeah, we yeah. were better at what we did. Yeah. We knew our songs inside out, and we were able to just we didn't have to meet up six weeks in in no. advance to remember how you know part A goes in X song. So. Um, yeah, and then uh, a rehearsal has and still is for the last, oh, like I say, five to eight years probably mm. at the same studio we've been going to, been about forty-five quid, right? Yeah. Every time you go, so and that's an evening. So you get there. We we tend to get there about eight o'clock because of work commitments, etc. Yeah. And then we would uh, rehearse all our set. I mean, we'd have a fairly substantial set list, so that would take most of the night anyway, yeah, yeah. just to go through each song and, and get it fresh in our memories because mm. you do forget things. Yeah. For, um, pe- for people who are not in a band, the rehearsal process really is um, think of it like going to a gym mm-hmm. where you, you need to knock the ring rust off of certain things. Like when you go to the gym, you might, the first thing you do is get on the treadmill and you do that for like 10 minutes and mm-hmm. you, you know how to run, that's fine, everyone knows how to do that. Um, that's sort of getting in the studio and just tuning up and doing a bit of this, doing yeah. a bit like playing a, a song that you know you never ever play live. It's just something stupid. Just yeah, literally just yeah. to a check the levels in the room because yeah. nothing's mic'd up. It's all kind of raw amps and mm. raw drum kit. There's you know there's no microphone stuck in the in, in the drums or anything. Only for vocals. Um, yeah, only vocals would be PA'd up. So you would have to get your levels right. You make sure that that yeah. guitar's not too loud and that, that oh, the bass needs to come up a bit. So we'd just play around with a silly song. It changed over the years, but just whatever was going on. And then so. you would go through, like you say, um, um, a, a good description is like you know the gym and and, and the idea of being match fit or gym fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can you have to get yourself gig fit. Mm. So it, even just playing say twenty five minute gigs, um, you, you you still need to work at that because you'd be surprised how much a song takes out of you physically yeah so if you're doing five six seven or you know say seven songs in a 25 minute set that's a lot of singing and a lot of moving about and and and, and playing guitars and drumming or whatever and you have to get your body physically fit and up, up to date with that you know yeah i mean it, it, it's also just knowing it's it's not just a case of playing guitar that's this or you know, sitting there banging the drums. There's other things that you need to be aware of. Like, say, for instance, if you're if you're in the audience and you're watching a gig, um, and you hear that the guitar doing different sounds and things. Generally, I mean, we're not talking about like 
probably if you go to Glastonbury or something like that, because typically those people have someone in the background pressing the switches for them. Mm. But you see someone with a pedal board, they're they're actually changing the sounds as you go along, and it's you got you got to remember what's going on with your feet. So you know, I'm changing that sound onto that sound. Yeah, I've got a clean electric guitar sound, and I need to kick in on the chorus with a really big distortion sound yeah. with uh, you know lots of effects on it. Yeah. And then then I but because of that, I have to compensate and turn my guitar down a little bit, and then I still have to play my part and sing my words. And this is all happening in one go. Whilst just yeah, yeah, exactly. Whilst you're singing, and you have to be aware of what everyone else is doing. And this is why it's 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 part of the reason why it's so good being mm. in a band is because. When you start off, you, you're kind of just sort of focused on what you're doing, and you have to. You're quite. It's quite linear in as much as oh, I have to play, you know, an open A, and then I crunch into my overdrive thing, and then it's the power chord here, and then I go ah, uh, and then I go down, and then you know, turn you my guitar up. Bit, and yeah. yeah, but when when you don't have to think about that, and you can look at what everyone else is doing, and you all fit together, mm. that's when it really like works. a jigsaw coming together. Exactly. I know it sounds a bit silly. But it, it it can be um, it can be magical. Yeah, uh, it's best. Um, it, uh, uh, you, you know, when everyone's gelling together, like a, like I say, like a jigsaw piece is all all fitting into into mm. shape together at the same time, and you are rocking a song, and it's all going well, and it gets to a point. I'm sure you'll agree where when you're so as one as a unit. Um, that even if someone fluffs, um, say the drummer messes up slightly mm. and rescues it, you'll go along, you'll pull something off yeah. on a guitar or, or a bass that will complement that yeah. automatically because you're as, you're working as a unit. It's not even just fluffing it though. It's as if you if someone goes off on one a little bit and you you, yeah. you, 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 you sort of you hold back a little bit and you go okay, you, I let you let you have a little moment to show you take the reins. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Do, you do a little thing, even if it's you know it's half a bar, it's a little like, parallel on the drums, and it's a confidence thing, and it's knowing that you're they're going to put you knowing what they're going to do before they do it, as yeah. well as them knowing that you, they can take you know mm. they, vice versa, really. And you see this in a lot of because I mean, the amount of bands that we've played with who just have argue, who just argue all the time, and mm. just argue and rant and rave and shout and fight and bitch yeah. at each other, and you're just like, How, why are you doing this? You can't be having fun. Um, and there's no trust there, mm. and I know that if, like, if we were on stage and we were doing something, and you went off on one on a guitar solo, for instance, yeah, um, that's not just going to make you look great; it's going to make us look great. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you know, we all do things as a as a benefit of the whole, mm-hmm. um, rather than you know, oh look, it's a band with this really awesome guitarist, or like, look how good our keyboard player is; we're all shit. And um, there are a lot of bands like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we always, I think the reason we lasted for so long um, uh, as a unit is because we played as one. Yeah. And we weren't like, oh, look, it's it's Tom and the rest of them or Alan, Alan's great guitar solo and everyone else just in the background. <laughs> Who, who's that guy? Do you know what I mean? When did you have someone called Alan who could play guitar? <laughs> <laughs> was it buffering my band? But, um, uh, but, yeah, coming back to the rehearsal process, I'll, I'll take you throughout this week's rehearsal that yeah, we had, which is the last, uh, the, the last and only rehearsal, it turns <laughs> out, um, for this gig. Um I mean, uh, I'm lucky that the guys in the band we currently have are, are very competent musicians, and we they don't tend to need too much uh, time. Uh, we we had yeah. a couple of we meant to have three rehearsals for the gig, uh, two got cancelled through sickness, two different people sick, um, which is life, you know. Yeah. yeah and then so uh, we had to cram it all into this one. So we were down early. Um, like I say, usually I, I like to be very specific. We we'll usually we get there about eight quarter past and start about half past maybe, and then we'll go through to eleven. But we all managed to get because we knew there was a lot of work to be done. We were down there before eight. And we were cracking through it and we blitzed it um, till I think about half ten ish. 
Uh, we were finished early um, and we went through our whole set uh, we must have played 18 songs we, we even worked out two cover songs I don't want to spoil the gig for you no, and I'm not no. going to say what they are no. but we worked out all within about three and a half hours um, I would say that's a very competent very experienced band doing that I would suspect someone who's just starting out would take weeks to do something yeah, like yeah, that yeah 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 Totally. Um, but well, that's they, roughly they, how it works. They wouldn't have 18 songs to begin with. Well, no, yeah. That, I mean, it takes years to write decent songs. I mean, anyone can write a song. Anyone. Mm. But not anyone can write a good song, right? Yeah, but you also, of those, you know, you might have 18 songs in your sort of repertoire, but they're only the 18 that you're happy with. Yeah. There's, you know, you write four times that many. Oh, gotcha. It's just, you know. I've got hundreds of songs on the, my computer. The shit just drops out and you don't, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, yeah, you've got to be quite brutal on yourself you know because you you've written something and it's hard oh, it's your baby and then you've you know it's it's kind of the band have got to go doesn't work mate you know or that does work that bit does but this needs to change and that it's was, hard that was something we were good at though because I, we I, I, yeah. I always thought that my my particular talent is in arrangement more than composition mm-hmm. um whereas you're very good at composing things so i think right. that that always works quite well when you came in with like a almost finished thing mm-hmm. and then it's just like oh well the drums can do this and that and then we yeah you know, we, we tweaked little bits and because none of us were t- so precious about it yeah um i think that's what breaks a lot of bands up i think that's yeah, what yeah, starts yeah. a lot of arguments someone going well i've written it and it's go, got to go this way and yeah. no, nothing you, if you don't like it why don't you write something else yeah exactly yeah. and people can be too precious and it's mm. hard not to be sometimes you think that's yeah. oh, it took me weeks to write that bit that i was happy with and you're telling me it's crap but yeah it's all for the everyone's working for the benefit yeah i mean i always used to start with when I, when I was composing I used to start with the, the drums were kind of there because I'm a drummer at heart and that would be in my mind and then I'd work out guitar pieces and bass stuff mm-hmm. but when we get in the studio and I'd say you know because I'd sit at the drums and go this is what I'm after and then Alan would sit there and do it but it would just be like a billion times better and then he'd go but what about this and do that and he'd go yeah actually that's better yeah, yeah, you know, if you were, if it was to go, no, you do it. Has it has to go like you this. do it as it's written. It would be yeah. pony, yeah. just the same as you know. And I, it wouldn't I, be fun for the other people in the band, no, right? Because no, if all. you're not some right, and in, in in a lot of bands, in most bands, um, uh, people aren't. There are certain people who are not songwriters. They just can't write a song, but yeah. they love playing this an instrument. And they're bloody good at it. Yeah. So if you go, well, this is how the song goes, and they're able to work around that. You you know where's the fun unless you go to and write. I I don't know what the second guitar part to this song is. You you write one, yeah. Yeah. And that's a great challenge for someone who's like I'm I'm in a band because I want to be in a band and write write guitar parts. I'm not very good at writing words or anything, but I'm quite good with like guitar riffs and all. Oh wow, okay. Well, that's the basic chords, all right. You play to people's strengths. Yeah. If there's someone who can't do something, like in a business, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if if there's someone who can't do something, um, and they they openly admit that, then you know don't try and force them to do it. You know, you, you just yeah. you, you're going about it the wrong way. You, you know, if there's none of if none of you can write a song, then all of you try and do it. Like, do it as do, a group. Yeah, yeah, do it collaboratively. Yeah, because um, you know you can you can get away with writing a guitar part and the drummer can do his part and the bass player can do his part and blah 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 blah, blah and it all comes together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you we've we've gone through. You booked the gig. Um, you've done your rehearsal. You've done the recording. You've booked the gig. You've got, um, done. A rehearsal in our case this week or several you should ideally do several rehearsals so that yes. you're, uh, yeah. we'll be fine um but yeah so you want to get yourself um tight as a band um you know so that uh, there's no slack in the music and you don't, you yeah. know, there's no mistakes or as little as possible there's always mistakes but it's very you know if you're a good band and people won't even notice no um and then you're ready for the gig right now yeah. you think well that's a hell of a lot and then gig days even worse <laughs> 
walk us through the um the gig day. So basically, you 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 uh you 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 know you're on the stage at say nine o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, say, let's say you're on stage at nine yep. o'clock. Yeah. Um, you've got half an hour set. You got half an hour set. What time do you get to the venue? Well, the promoter would give um, a decent promoter would give each band. Say there's four bands on on a night because yeah. they want to maximise the money that they came got coming in. Yep. They'll give each band a uh, a time slot for arrival for sound check, right? Yep. Um, so the headline band will obviously sound check first. That's the last band on, and then it works backwards. So the second from last band on will sound check second. So for example, they tend to be about six o'clock. Yeah. Yep. So the main band of the night, the last ones on, they're going to go on at ten thirty, for example, right? Um, uh, they'll be there at six, yeah. Ideally, yeah. Um, this never happens in real life because people are late or someone turns up late or the drummer's not there. But anyway, we'll take it as it's textbook. They'll turn up at six. They'll set up their gear and they'll sound check, yeah, till half six. Then um, half six, the second last band will turn up and they'll sound check back. So this is going backwards. Then say we're on at nine. We're the third band. Um, we'll come for sort of quarter to seven. We'll we'll sound check quickly over you know lesser time. But usually they start crunching the time down for the lesser bands. Yeah. And then the first band on of the night, they would be if they're lucky enough if things don't overrun to get a sound check, which is often the case that they don't get one. Yeah. Because um, time runs out, then they'll quickly sound check at half seven. Then the doors open at eight, and it's that quick. Mm. Um, and then the first band will be on, for example, half eight, yeah, and they'll get twenty-five minutes, and then there'll be a, a change over to the us nine five yeah. past nine. These things often try they try and stick them to time, but they overrun. Um, but so all that's going on now. What is often quite the case is that um, you'll turn up and the headline band are, are not there yet, um, and they're bringing a drum kit. It's important to talk about the fact that there's a lot of kit share, yeah. equipment share. Yeah. Um, so one band generally would bring a drum kit. Typically, the the headline act. Typically, Be- the because as you say, they 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 set up first, and you know their gear will be at the back because they're going to be last on and off. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, typically, and they'll be the last to leave. So yeah, say yeah. you're in the first band, you don't want to stay around till half no. eleven at night. You're on at eight, and you're finished by half eight or whatever. Yeah. You know, you go another gig. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the the headline act would would typically s- supply a drum kit uh, or, or at least the shell of a, a kit. Um, the reason for this is many venues are, are, are small and to maximise, you know, getting the number of bands on and henceforth the number of people through the doors, mm-hmm. um, you share the main part of the kit so you don't have to get one off, get one on, get one on, get one on. Yeah, because the changeover time could end up being half an hour, 40 minutes if, if yeah. you're dis- dismantling a whole drum kit properly and putting yeah. it away in cases and then taking a new one out and putting building it up again. Exactly. Um, and it, it takes time and space to do that, and it's a massive pain in the bum, mm. which is why people do, tend not to do it. Um, so people tend to share a drum kit. The basic drum kits are the big floor kick drum, uh, the tom-toms all yeah. around the kit. Um, Some hardware. Yeah, a, a drummer would tend to um, not... Uh, they have their things called their breakables, so it would be cymbals and a snare drum, which is the main... Um, yeah, hit, kick, kick drum pedal as well. Kick drum pedal. And they, and, and they won't want to share that, so each drummer yeah. would tend to bring that stuff with them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and they'll just quickly... Ch- and that You can change that over in five minutes. If- yeah, that, that's really quick, unless, of course, your drummer's a lefty, in which case... That's, uh, which is the case of our drummer. Yeah. I, is left-handed so even then even though you're sharing a kit with someone you still have to mirror image the kits toms uh, mm. and and uh, cymbal stands and things it's it doesn't take as long as swapping out the entire kit but no. it does add to the time you're literally moving one stand for the hi-hats over to the other side yeah. so it, it's you know and things like that one of the things i think we i prided us on was quick changeovers oh because i think we could do it in seven minutes yeah, easy, yeah easily yeah um I mean, you'd have the drummer would bring their whatever the breakables there, uh, 
and then usually when it comes to equipment share you try to have as little number of amps mm-hmm. available at any one time uh, yeah. just you know so that you know a bass player can just unplug and the next one comes on and plugs in yeah so as much as everyone's sharing a drum kit um you try to share guitar and bass amps as yeah, well in yeah. our case um uh, if you've got four bands typically what would happen is you'd have say like the headline act would bring a drum kit and then the the band before would bring the bass amp, the bass amp yeah. and like a guitar amp and then the other bands would bring guitar amps and stuff yeah. i mean some of the stuff that you absolutely do not lend to people are guitars oh. i mean i've i've never done that i've had to borrow one at one point and i felt so bad about it um and I know They're very precious things to to the people. It's very personal. It's very guitar, personal, isn't it? yeah. Um, and if someone's prancing around on stage and knocks it and, and yeah. you know breaks the wood in some you know chips it or something like yeah. a, like chipping a car, you'd be absolutely furious. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've I think I don't think I've ever lent a guitar to anyone. No. I know that Matt did. He lent his bass when we yeah, when we played. Uh, yeah. a very very uh, nice Reluctant. thing of him to do. No, no, yeah. he wasn't relaxed at all. He helped out. He didn't even. Um, he wasn't even asked. He volunteered. Oh, did he? Yeah. Mm. I think he was trying to chat up a bird. <laughs> um, Look at me. I've got a guitar and I'm yeah. then out. Yeah. My, my benevolent ways. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I treat my guitars like I would treat my car. Um, you know, a brand new car sort of thing. What, you leave them outside Home Spot Station? Blue. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, if, if it were, if someone were to scratch your a car... Even if it were by accident, you'd be furious, right? And that, yeah. I'd feel exact same rage uh, about my guitars. I've, I've, I wouldn't lend guitars. I mean, I have lent guitars to to friends mm. uh, because, like, who I know are doing the gig or something, and that's different. I'm happy to do that. It's like, okay, yeah, you can borrow that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done that quite a few times. But if it's just a random jack, uh, um, you don't know them from Adam. You no, don't know whether no. they're going to get up on stage drunk, and smash it a bit, and smash, or... yeah, oh, I'm rock and roll me and smash it up like the Clash. You know, yeah. um, you, you just you, you, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't just, take that risk. Not right? a risk to take. No. no. But anyway, but amps, I mean, no one's going to pick up an amp. They're too bloody heavy anyway. But this way, if someone could pick up my amp, I ain't going to have a go at them. Yeah, <laughs> if exactly. someone, could, someone could chuck it yeah. somewhere. The Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Th- it'd have to be. It weighs a bloody ton. So all this is going on. Again, remember, this is just like a 25-minute gig, right? Yeah. So people's just got, no one's turned up yet, and all this has happened over weeks and weeks. And money's been spent. You've spent 200 quid on rehearsals, um, you, uh, let alone money spent on a recording and, and post, in, back in the old days, posting tapes yep. and things. It all adds up. And this is before you even you know got people through the door. So finally, the gig starts, right? The first band goes on and... And it is as as everyone would know who's ever been to a gig, right? People turn up, they pay their money on the door to the promoter, and you play your gig. Have some piss warm beer. Yeah, you don't get too drunk because we've done that in the past where we've got very drunk. We did it once, and uh, it was the worst gig ever. Yeah, it was hilarious. We will tell that story at some point. But I think I nearly fell over drunk um, trying to stand up with my guitar. I was that drunk. We may we may as well tell the story now. Actually, um, it was a venue in um, Soho. Soho, yeah. James Blunt supported us. James Blunt supported us. Yeah, that is a fact. And the venue, and we went, "Who's this boring bastard? He will never make it." Like yeah. himself. Uh, the venue was tiled, top yeah, to bottom. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We should point out that it was a, it was, it was a, before he was famous. Yeah, no, but it was essentially like an acoustic night as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the the venue was um, was tiled, top to bottom. Imagine it like a, a public bathroom. But it was quite a swanky place. It was, it was nice. Yeah, it was really it was modern. Nice. Yeah, uh, I think it was called Pop. Yes, that rings a bell. Yeah, it rings a bell. Uh, it's still there. It's not cool pop anymore, but it's okay. something very similar, like Pure or something like that. It's I thought it was going to say Pube. 
Pube, uh, yes. It's, it's the Pube Club. And we, we went in there and we did our sound check. We realised that it was just like playing in a bathroom. The sound was just bouncing around. Mm. And when we sound checked, it was me and Tom. And I don't think the drummer and keyboard player were there at that point. Right. And Matt just turned up and we just sort of got, oh, well, this other drum kit works fine. And, you know, it, it's okay. Mm. It was only when we got, to, uh, we realised that it was just not going to work and we got hammered. Um, mm. and started we, abusing James Blunt yeah. from afar and then, <laughs> he's rubbish and then we uh, played the gig and it just it sounded exactly what you might think a rock but heavy rock band because it was a heavy sounds set like, as well yeah it was it heavy sound, sounds like in a, in a toilet cubicle. five guys really pumping out some heavy noise and it was just bouncing me- all bouncing over the around, walls just meshy people were walking out we were just laughing out our we were having off. a great time because we, we were out of our face yeah. you were the other, the other two <laughs> told us off a little bit yeah after. we got, we got we were told, and, we and rightly so yeah we didn't do it again no, we never drank. Um, well, we drank again, but we never got pissed before a gig. No, and even to this day, I don't. Um, I don't know what Saturday's going to be like. Yeah. But presumably, I'm not being told off uh, when you hear this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you off. I'll be ruined as well. Yeah, yeah. Then I won't be playing. So I don't no, care. but uh, well, uh, you know, we're headlining this one, so yeah. it'll be um, it'll be hard not to ever. Well, I'll have a couple of shandies. Yeah, it'll be all right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, you're a big boy now. I mean, we were. Oh, we, yeah, we, were drink. we were. We were. Well, were we even twenty? We were in our early twenties when that. Happened. Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's we're talking, we're talking over a decade ago. So, fun time. Yeah, um, yeah. Then you play your gig, and hopefully it goes well. You can have an absolute disaster like we have in the past, and we've had some absolutely brilliant gigs. Yeah, um, I, I think you don't put a foot wrong. Probably ninety percent of the gigs that we ever did were were brilliant. Uh, yeah, I think we were above average. Ninety five, I'd lot. say, because we were so well prepared and we respected what was happening, and you know, we didn't we didn't fuck around with the rules too much. The five percent that were terrible, you learn from, and you just don't do it again. Yeah, yeah. and you know you make those mistakes early on, and they're pretty, you know, fundamental. Like you say, we were always prepared, yeah. and that's why we didn't have many bad gigs. I mean, it's doing things like like making sure you've restrung your guitar, so you don't break a guitar string. Absolutely, making sure, making sure your gear works. Um, These are things you have to learn the hard way sometimes. So, yeah. oh, my guitar will be alright. I haven't restrung it in in five weeks. It'll be fine. But it won't. <laughs> the minute the minute you go on a stage, those strings are so old they just ping, and all of a sudden you either you sit there and and restring a guitar on stage for five minutes, which is not exactly fun for the for the viewer. <laughs> um, or you try and borrow a guitar off someone, uh, one of the other bands. Again, as we see point A about five minutes ago, where yeah. people don't like lending guitars out. Well, I did that on a battle of the bands. We travelled to uh, somewhere, somewhere up Midlands, I think it was, and we did a, a battle of the bands. And all the other bands, we heard them sound check were dreadful, mm. and we were like, we're just going to fucking walk this. Mm. And we had a shocker kick. Uh, the I remember the kick drum kept like walking across the stage, mm-hmm. so the drummer was sort of like chasing that forever. Uh, my guitar was just crapping out, and then it actually crapped out, broke. Yeah, mm. it just broke. Um, and I broke all the strings on my backup, mm. like literally strung a strung a hit a chord and they all the strings broke there was something wrong with the saddles don't know what would happen there um so i i jumped into the crowd and found this other band who we'd spoken to i, I literally said like two words to him I was like can i borrow your backup guitar and he was like oh, all right sort of thing and i felt so bad yeah. i bought, bought the guy a drink sort of thing but that was you know but these things happen getting yeah. that uh, yeah we'd waste it would suffice to say we did not win the battle of the bands I mean um, and when you get onto a stage after all the prep preparedness and everything you've done to get to this gig it, it you know say this is the the Monday night 8 o'clock slot at a terrible venue because the promoter wants to see what you're like for the first time yeah it will be naturally be their probably worst venue um 
I mean, we, you'll back me up on this. That, that you can turn up to a gig and everything can be working against you. So yeah. you you could be well up for it. You're well prepared. You've your body's rested. You're not at to work that day. You know, which all plays into the energy yeah, yeah, of the totally. gigs. And then all of a sudden, you're you're faced with. There's no sound monitors bouncing the vocals back at you on the floor. Mm. Um, so when you're singing, um, because all the music behind you is so loud, it, you actually can't hear yourself um, normally, naturally. So yeah. you have to have that mute, that voice bounce back at you from uh, from speakers on the floor. And if you haven't got that, and I've had this so many times, you can't hear yourself. You start straining your voice. You're not singing properly. You're just screaming. And all of a sudden, oh, God, he's not singing very well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly it, i mean it's it's just a nightmare for a vocalist is when you can't yeah, hear your voice that's why i'm looking forward to this gig on saturday now that down the artisan because i know i've played there before and i know their speakers touch wood if, as long as they're using the same ones are good and i can hear myself and it makes it such a difference because you can actually concentrate on the singing rather yeah. than concentrating just trying to hear yourself it's not even the fact that you need to concentrate on it, it's the fact that you don't need to worry about it you don't and yeah you can it's just, just happening it. yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, happening yeah. you can actually get into the performance which yeah. is the main thing right other things you can have pedal boards break on you i've had that cables yeah. broken yep um amps blow up guitars break we've had uh, we've had it all yeah um you can just have someone who's not feeling well you were sick once off a of stage i think because you were ill not number, drunk number of times yeah um and ca- managed to carry on playing uh, but you know how do you, it's like turn up to work sick you, you know if you're ill you don't go to work but sometimes you've got this gig booked for two months in advance and yeah. one person out of five in a band is like oh i really can't p- play tonight but and they'll they'll force themselves through it. Yeah, that yeah that that gig you're talking about was was really hard work for me. Oh, um, I can't imagine. I, 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 I still to this day don't know what it was. It was um, I think it might be food poisoning or something like that uh, uh, that happened. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was fine at work, and then like two hours later, just about to go on, like well, absolutely. Wait, we just sound checked, and I was like, oh, this doesn't feel good. You're in the toilet more than you was on the stage. I think. Yeah, and then I, just, I had the same thing. Do you remember we played um, at the assembly hall, and it was a big gig in front of like not maybe, yeah, yeah, it was, it was probably some, hundreds, yeah, of people, hundreds of people, yeah. and my voice went. My yeah. voice just went. I had a cold, yeah. and it—you know—it was a head cold that went to my throat, and I couldn't hit high notes. Yeah. And that's the first thing that seems to go when you when you've got a throat condition. Yeah. Is you lose the high notes, and generally our songs tend to be quite high vocals. Yeah, they were pitchy. Yeah, and and it was you know muddled through it, and <laughs> I don't know what it sounded like. Probably awful, but probably dog shit. But then you know, we weren't brilliant. The, the music was alright. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, general, <clears throat> it probably wasn't great. Yeah. But then, like low uh, F, low F, come out <laughs> of his ass right there. But then, on the flip side, uh, our last gig um, um, in January, which we recorded. Yep. Um, listening back to that, because recordings, you know, they don't mollycoddle you. They, you, they you, you'll soon know whether you played well or not. Yeah, you know, totally. Individually There's as no, well. Nowhere to hide. Everything was recorded we... properly. We had a full drum kit mic'd up. All the guitar amps were mic'd up. Vocals separately. It was all, you know, I could literally cut down to my voice. I could cut down to my mm. guitar, and vice versa on the drums or whatever. And um, thankfully, touch wood, you know, because we, uh, we're paying money to record this, we played an absolute blinder. Yeah, it was good. How's that? And there, I can't really remember any mistakes. Um, I'm sure. No, I, I, oh, I, I, I'm I, sure I, there wasn't. I, I don't remember anything. I, I, I was thought... very happy to mix it and go, bloody hell, mm. I sang that well, and and God, he played a brilliant guitar part there, and yeah. all this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, it's nice. To, it's nice when you listen back. Oh, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. That, that worked. And now I've got that now in digital forever. Mm. Um, so you do have brilliant ones, and I'm hoping this next one over the weekend is going to be just as good. You yeah. know, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. So you've you do the gig, you're on stage, you play the stuff, <clears throat> and then you know it's 
packing up time and you've got to get off as quickly as you got because the band behind you's got 15 minute changeover exactly. so all of a sudden all right you your drummer's all he's got to do is whip off his cymbals whip off his snare drum and then the drum the basic drum gets there for the next guy but you may have to move amps out you may have to take them out to your car remember you've got to carry a lot of gear yeah in cars and you know cabs some people do it in a we were always lucky enough to have cars, weren't we? Uh, mm-hmm. Quite from quite an early point. And the fact that we live in London, so yeah. that, you know, very we're early on, too far away. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, typically, very early on, we'd um, we'd uh, just we'd, we'd organise borrowing amps, mm-hmm. just just because you know when you play. I think it was a uh, rock garden in Covent Garden. Oh yeah. Um, the first time we played there, we took everything. Like I had to borrow a drum kit, and we borrowed mm. everything. And we didn't use any of it. We just used everything that was on stage. Yeah. So the next time, um, well, all the next times we played there, mm-hmm. um, we didn't. We just just rocked up with guitars, mm-hmm. and guitars and drumsticks, um, and that's you know that's brilliant. That's exactly how you want to do it. Well, a lot um, of these central London venues have learnt this from this, and they now provide a basic drum kit and basic amps and stuff because they know they're going to have gigs, you know, three, four times a week, and it's just in the, for their convenience more than anything else that they can just have the bands come on. There's no hassle. People, no. people are turning up because it's easy for them. I mean, we we turn up on the train on the tube up, up to Soho or something or West End or whatever, and you know, with a guitar and a bag on our back with our pedal in it, you know, and a few few cables just to connect into the amp that was already provided, and that's the best gig in the world, right? Yeah, totally. Because, totally. like you say, the worst ones are when, uh, and this will happen on Saturday because I've still got to take my amp along, even though I live around the corner from the actual yeah. venue. Um, so uh, as soon as you're, you know, you don't actually relax. You don't have a night out yourself. No. To an extent, you do. You're seeing all your friends. Hopefully, who are coming to support you and family or whatever. But you don't get to sit there and have a proper beer with them and a catch-up because by the time you're finished and you've got the gear sorted, maybe put it in the cars if, if, you, if you're able to safely leave them there, you can get, finally get back in the venue. It's like, you know, 10 o'clock, mm. half 10 even, you know, and people are starting to think about going home and you're just getting to say, oh, hi, I didn't even know you were here. Yeah. You know, and then you do a little bit of ch- ch- chat to everyone who, the key people you want to say hello to to make sure that you know that you recognise that they've turned up and made an effort with you. And it's, you're never switched off and relaxing. No, you know, but that's not what you, you know. That's, that's not, not the point. It's a job. It is a yeah, job. You, you, and you're there for that thirty minutes on stage, and mm. you know the applause and the, you know whatever. Um, but that, you know, and that's the and that's the the basis of it, kids. You um, you know, you knuckle down, you get your rock on, or or, or whatever. But we're not dissing it in any way. It's absolutely no, no, addictive no, no, and enjoyable. It's the best thing ever. It um, is the best thing ever. I, I miss it. I miss it terribly. I mean. Um, just today, I I got my guitars out. I didn't play them just because I was clearing out under my stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the guitar cases, got them out. I was like, oh, wicked, like that, and add, add a little play. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, just a little tinkle, but nothing, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I got a little bit nostalgic about it. Um, well, I mean, uh, I think we can talk about this. Um, we have discussed getting the old old band back together. Yeah, for a couple of gigs. Yeah, um, in. Um, later this year and yeah. we'll, we'll advertise this through the podcast hopefully if anyone's in London uh, at the time yeah. um, please come and see us but the idea is to get the, the original five guys from our previous band Longshot who was, we mentioned earlier together for the first time in what's, what will probably be about five years five six years yeah to play one one or maybe two if everyone's up for it gigs yeah, yeah. Um, and, and literally go through the, I, I can't remember the words the old songs we'll probably have to fill it with Bowie covers to be honest um <laughs> <laughs> my name's Dave Longshots. Yeah, uh, but uh, it will sound exactly like that. that that's the best bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, um, 
but everyone I've spoken to all, uh, all five well I've spoken to myself the other four uh, including yourself ind- individually yeah. and everyone is so well up for it because we've all got fantastic memories of those times yeah well what I'll do is I'll stick a couple of uh, I'll stick a long shot song at the end of this podcast okay yeah 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 do do that yeah because yeah. we did some really good proper decent recordings didn't yeah. we yeah I'll stick a long shot song at the end of this podcast and um yeah, just see what you see what you think. Um, yeah, send, feel free to send us emails. Yeah, absolutely, and, and comment on the um, uh, on the Facebook page. Facebook's uh, probably best because yeah. I've never looked at the our conversation emails because no. I haven't got a logging that I remember. Okay, um, well, I'm sure you do. Well, yeah, don't send emails to Tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tom at something dot com. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, please do uh, get in contact with our uh, Facebook page. Um, thank you for your continued brilliant support. Um, and, it's uh, been booming recently, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's been really, really kicking off. Um, hello to our uh, our new listeners in Azerbaijan. Oh, really? Who's yeah. that? Um, I don't know their names. Um, John. Yeah, John, John Azerbaijan. Uh, no, there's a couple, a uh, couple of guys there. And well, uh, we've just uh, we just found out this week that um, one of our old mates. We should do a name check to Dave, um, or who Dave? who probably is our furthest distance listener in Australia. In, in Sydney, yeah. Uh, so. he, he's uh, he, he found out for the first time that I was going to be a dad through the podcast. Um, and we went to school together, me and Dave. So uh, apologies, Dave, but I didn't text you. But you know, you're on the other side of the world. I can't remember everyone for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably too busy drinking something from a shoe. Probably having shrimps on a barbie. Something like that. Yeah, in Ramsey Street. <laughs> Anson's Corner, probably. Is that, is that was a long shot song. Anson's, Anson's Corner. Corner, Anson's yeah. Corner, that's a good one, that. Um, okay, so I think we'll, we'll leave it there, but please... Um Please do have a listen to the songs, have a listen to Tom's stuff. Yeah, um, um, yeah. well, you can find it on iTunes. It's just search for Nightfires, the band. Uh, the album's called Live at the Comedy. We're there. It costs a million dollars. No, it costs next to nothing. And, Quid or something. And that, that was our gig in January. Then yeah. Let us know what you think. Well, um, cool. Well, we'll do that. Um, that's enough from me, Alan Porter. Me, Tom Hatchers, and we'll see you next time. See you then. Bye. Delve inside my